0: Join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of Redemption's Table podcast. If you were to ask me to name something that never gets old, I would have to say, we we'll are coming to the table. Coming to the table never gets old because whenever I come to the table, I come with the expectation I'm going to get something good to eat. And I'll just tell you, eating never gets old. Here we are. It's Labor Day. Are you kidding me? It's hard to believe summer is coming to a close. Here we are at Labor Day. And it's also hard for me to believe this is episode number 20 of this podcast. For the past 20 weeks, we have gathered around this table in different places, different restaurants, different circumstances, different cities, and we have gathered with a special podcast guest to listen to individuals to hear how redemption has influenced or touched their lives. And I just want to thank them for joining us, but I also want to thank you for tuning in each week. And if you haven't done so yet... If you happen to be listening on Apple Podcast, you have the opportunity to rate this podcast, and I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you to share this podcast with your friends. Now, I'm excited about episode 20 today because I have the opportunity to introduce a good friend of mine, Mike Murphy. The first time I met Mike was when I stepped into his restaurant, his p- pizzeria that had just opened up in Fort Davis, Texas, Murphy's Pizzeria, and I ordered a calzone. And it is still to this day one of the best calzones I have ever eaten in my life. Recently, Mike and I caught up at Jet's Grill. We had breakfast burritos. Jet's Grill is located in the historic Hotel Paisano there in Marfa, Texas. We caught up and we shared a conversation about how God had worked in Mike's journey. And to use Mike's words, he talks about how God's nudges had been there all along throughout his journey. God's nudges, both gentle and firm. So I'm excited to introduce Mike to you. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. So let's give it a listen. Let's get started. Thank you for being with us. Well, welcome to Redemption's Table. Uh, We are sitting today in uh, Jets Grill and it is in the beautiful uh, Hotel Paisano. Marfa, Texas, uh, Historic Hotel. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Mike Murphy. Mike, welcome to the table.
1: Good morning, Robert. Good seeing you.
0: Yeah. I've seen you in about six years, I think.
1: Yes, it's been a while, yeah. yeah.
0: you are uh, always been a good friend. You, you, we lived in Fort Davis for, from '96 until 2013 uh, is when I moved from there. You helped us sell the house. Uh, so you were a realtor at the time, but I remember you first, when you first came to town, you opened up a, a pizza place
1: Murphy's Pizzeria. Murphy's Pizzeria. What year? Uh, that was 2001. 2001. Yeah.
0: And I almost uh, asked you to make calzones. You uh,
1: did, and we did. Uh, no,
0: no, I, yeah, there, I, yeah. <laughs> At the restaurant we did, I'm talking about for today. Oh, really? Yeah, i, you know, I sorry. Like, I, I bet Mike could still make a mean calzone. <laughs> uh, and uh, right. those were the best calzones. Oh, good. All uh, right. And, and they held consistent through the years. Good so, ingredients. Yeah. So I know you're originally from Chicago?
1: Chicago area, yeah. yep. How did,
0: how did you get from Chicago to oh, West Texas? Oh,
1: golly. We, uh, our jobs moved us around. I originally transferred from uh, uh, Chicago to the New York metro area with my job to join IBM Consulting Okay. and did that for seven years and I couldn't wait to get out of there and had an opportunity to move to St. Louis where I met Debbie six months later. I lived in St. Louis four years. Debbie and I began dating and six months later, we were uh, living in Chicago and married. Wow. (coughs) And uh, that was because her family was originally from there as well. She had transferred to Atlanta, well Florida, Atlanta, Savannah, then St. Louis (coughs) where we met. We moved back home and uh, decided those winners were gonna kill us so uh, then her job transferred to Dallas Which is uh, a month later we discovered Fort Davis, Alpine, Marfa, and uh, immediately began a hunt and that was in 96, Okay. Uh, began searching for a home here and uh, three or four years later we were living here. Wow. Yeah, so we did end up buying some land and built a home and and just came here and haven't left.
0: Okay. It's, It's always amazing to me. How someone uh, comes from, you know, a place just far on the other side of the United States here to West Texas because this is a very unique uh, area, uh, pristine wilderness. A lot of people, even people who grew up in Texas, don't know about the Davis Mountains. I don't understand that the highest uh, that Fort Davis is as high as the state of Denver you know, elevation, uh-huh. and don't even know there's mountains in Texas. So it's, uh, and this is a very unique country, uh, the smiling country as Elmer Kelton referred to.
1: Living the dream. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Um, there was another artist in the area. He, he said, "This is where rainbows pray for rain." I uh-huh. always, always like that. Uh-huh, so. That's great. Um, I like that. Well. Mike, you have always struck me. Uh, from the time I've known you, from 2001, uh, you have always been uh, very gracious. Uh, you, when we sold our house and then I, I left, and uh, there were still some things there at the house, and you made a, a, a magnanimous offer to uh, have someone clean the house after I was loading up. And you know, you've just always been a, uh, an individual that is just. Uh, encouragement and grace oh thank you uh, and i appreciate you for well, that
1: and you're a good inspiration for that so there you go that was easy <laughs> well god is good uh
0: so. yeah. oh, let's just start out our conversation how has god's redemption uh touched your life
1: well uh in way too many ways to count and boy um i guess uh i figured out a long time ago although it took me a lot more years to to acknowledge that it was god's hand for sure i although i had strong suspicions since i was young um but in one little uh, gentle push or shove or touch after another <laughs> over my whole life uh and and one that occurred to me that was compelling was uh uh, when you know i had lost my mother at 17. we're a family of eight kids and uh, my parents were divorced just three months before uh, mom died of cancer at 42. and uh, then i lost my grandfather and then i lost my best friend uh, Danny was, and this was now over a few years, like uh, between 17 and 20 years old, let's say, uh, where I'm struggling with, you know, graduating high school when I'm 17, wondering what the heck I'm going to do, what direction my life's going to take. <clears throat> I uh, experimented with alcohol, I would say, was uh, uh, somehow a draw for me and my certainly my friends. and. Uh, I did uh, put myself through college but, uh, because I was blessed to have work and, and good paying jobs and stuff uh, getting through that, uh, although I struggled, um, but then uh, I came home from college and uh, I was supposed to go on a vacation with my best friend Danny to Florida. We were going to drive down to Florida and uh, I got a job. And so I took the job. I couldn't go on the vacation. And two days later, I learned uh, Danny was run over by a semi truck because he was probably, if I know Danny, probably doing some kind of drugs mm. and uh, passed out at the wheel and uh, got run over by a semi in Tennessee. Right, so he
0: was on his way so to Florida. So he three. was on
1: his way to Florida. I was supposed to be sitting beside him in his little M.G. And um, uh, talk about a wake-up call. Um, that was a huge wake-up call for me, uh, you know, with regard to alcohol and and uh, uh, just uh, you know bad behavior, let's say. And then I've just had so many other nudges, both gentle and firm. Okay. <laughs> You know, for example, let's see, uh, uh, I told you about doing a 360 on Lakeshore Drive in front of the cops. In Chicago. In Chicago. uh, And. uh, That'd be
0: great for a Tom Cruise (laughs) movie.
1: And that was after a few beers. Um, And this was at a time when I thought I had straightened out, you know, when I and I had in so many ways. But as a young person in early 20s, you know, your measure of straightening out is uh, relative. (laughs) And so um, anyway, uh, so I got, you know, uh, it, it was just so many nudges like that. And you know, when I moved to, I, I we experimented. I mean, we Debbie and I uh, came together years later because I had, uh, when my first wife and I moved to New York, mm-hmm. uh, we were divorced after a year. Okay, uh, she was an artist and went her own way, and I went mine, uh, and uh, just got into my work and stuff. Um, and I was a little lost, I would say, for several years. And um, mid-30s, you know, by this time, and just, you know, what am I doing uh, in New Jersey? Moved to St. Louis, what am I doing here? And um, met Debbie. And so we connected with a church um, in Chicago. And then, uh, like I say, a few years later, moved to Dallas. And so we, you know, did that. Then eventually Fort Davis, and we just uh, really engaged with our Methodist church uh, when we came to Fort Davis. And we were, in fact, Debbie's still a church leader. I was. a leader in a couple of roles over a long time. You had a you great know.
0: pastor, Ernie Vineyard. Yeah, and he was day. he was a
1: wonderful inspiration. He um, was here a long time. And we had just a you know Fort Davis community, uh, you know just I mean Ernie and I were best buddies. Yeah. We'd ride bikes together and everything else. And I don't know we uh, we were just blessed to plug in and get reminded about how many of those. Uh, a gentle nudges and and kicks in the rear uh, put me back on a a, a better path. Yeah.
0: So, so when it, when in all that did God become a dominant theme in your life?
1: Well, I okay, so I, honestly, it was, you know, at the oh, I'm going to say six or about six years ago, okay. I, I began teaching Bible study uh, at our church we uh, we were struggling so Ernie uh, wonderful pastor Ernie had left about ten years ago went to New Mexico yeah Yeah, and um, we went through so I was the uh, uh, head of the or chairman of the administrative council for the church Okay. And so I spent a lot of time working with the new pastor. Well, that new pastor lasted a year, then we got another new pastor and another one and another one. We turned through, I think we're on our sixth one okay. since Ernie, um, who now is wonderful. And, and not to say that the others weren't good and certainly good people, mm-hmm. but in terms of bringing an elderly congregation together. Right it was a struggle and a push and um, and so we transitioned into uh, the congregation leading the Bible studies Uh, and I was doing Sunday morning Bible study and I found that uh, the congregation uh, elderly as we are if you will uh, and I was the youngest younger of of the bunch um, were stubborn and would want to spend their time uh, hanging around the coffee pot and talking about their week and stuff like that. And they weren't really motivated. And I was really starting to read the Bible and, and learn and, and, um, and, I believe, understand what's in there, what those words are saying. <clears throat> and it, I was moved. And then uh, I remember that uh, the group chose to study Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And I started really getting my head into it and uh, getting my eyes opened um, and was trying to teach these words, uh, but people were not interested. It was too harsh. Um, you know, these were uh, damning messages he's from from, yeah. from yeah. God, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's telling his people, you are my people, I will save you, I will bless you, but you need to follow my laws my rule my right rulings my my word you know and and we weren't doing it and we were we were just acting out uh, the church if you will and it was uh, it really turned me off and um, and it was not in any case I continued uh, immersing in the Bible and stuff but uh, somewhere along the line I met a friend Connor Stevens Connor and Celesta and uh, and it turned out over these past number of years uh to be a much broader group Mm -hmm. of people and we just uh started studying in depth uh the word of god the bible i noticed for example probably two years ago we were at one of our studies and we would meet at least twice a week and we wouldn't do a one hour check the box study we would sit down and you know somebody would have a topic that bugged them or they uh, had questions about or whatever, and we would dig and dig uh, until we were satisfied that we had a better understanding of what it meant. And I noticed a couple of years ago that I think there were six of us in a particular study, and there were eight different versions of the Bible open mm-hmm. um, which is typical uh, at any time I would say a person has at least one or two versions of the Bible, yeah. not to mention the ones that are on our our phone or tablet or whatever so yeah and so uh, you know we just began gaining a better understanding and I feel like God's influence is like... Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I it not just his influence, his presence, you know, so.
0: You, you have a hunger. Uh, you have a, a curiosity. And you, uh, one of the things, that, another thing has struck me about you uh, is that uh, you've always struck me as someone who has held on to a sense of wonder. Uh, you, hmm. you were talking uh, earlier when we were setting this podcast up and you said you had just gone to Montana. Uh, I've just... Going to Montana and ask you where you went, and you would go to Glacier National Park. You've held that sense of wonder, and, and I think wonder, curiosity, a divine curiosity, uh, I think when we hold on to that we're always going to, we're going to continue to learn and you said something I really like when you were talking about you know your, your group gathering together you, you didn't say we, we came to an, an answer or a conclusion about what these things in Scripture mean you said uh, we came to a better understanding
1: that's a key that's word a, that's a key
0: word yeah uh, you know and because there's no with God, Uh, God is, uh, the Scripture says, says His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we're not going to be able to figure God out, even though we do attempt to do that and put Him in a box. Uh, You know, God cannot be put in a box. That's right. Uh, Often when we come to God and it's, uh, God, is it this or that? And God goes, yes, it's both. uh, Well,
1: I did leave out a little part of that story, which was... uh, Probably part of the Redemption thing that uh, was important and that going back to uh, when my friend Danny uh, You know when I was told that he was killed in a a car accident um, of Course I cried I screamed I cursed God I cursed God Uh, (laughs) Wow And uh, I was just so distraught um, and again this was on the heels of a lot of other loss mm-hmm. and um, I now had the responsibility to go this was Danny's sister came to my house at 6 a.m. to wake me up from a drunk I was I was out le- you know all night uh, drinking whatever till midnight or whatever and I'm, I'm now up at 6 a.m. to learn Danny's dead and I now have to go to Harold's house to tell Harold. Harold's the guy I just came back from uh, Montana with. Okay. And uh, I had to go to his house to tell him uh, that Danny's died, you know. And so I go over there, and Dan- uh, Harold had a, uh, the back porch, formerly a, a screen porch, was now his bedroom. And um, he always had a pistol hanging from a holster on his bedpost, he it was always there uh harold if he's taught me everything i know about horses he's taught me everything i know about guns and in fact that's one of the things we did in montana or, or through wyoming to montana was to explore old west stuff museums cowboy stuff we've done a lot of horseback riding and and cowboy stuff together and that's just what we do and and so um I go tell Harold. Harold is uh you know, it's still early in the morning. Harold is wide-eyed, you know, holy cow, what just happened? And he went into the uh kitchen to tell his parents. Mm-hmm. While I'm out there in his bedroom with this pistol by myself. And I picked up that pistol and I put it to my head. And um I didn't I did not pull the trigger because at that moment um, I just realized that wow that uh, then there'd be a bunch of other people having to tell what happened to Mike and Danny and um, and if that wasn't God's hand (laughs) uh so sorry i tried to skip that part (laughs) no Uh,
0: and god in his his grace and his mercy interjects like you said a minute ago nudges sometimes pushes he knows exactly how you know when and where and sometimes we don't catch those nudges, and sometimes like in this case
1: well just you just heard me try not to give him credit yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know, that, would, that was me thinking how bad it would be for other people to, yeah. to learn about this. But I was, that, if that wasn't God's hand, yeah. and, and it took me a long time to figure that out. Not, not to say I didn't recognize it, uh, you know, in, in one way or another, but I didn't admit it for a long time.
0: Well, perhaps it was God who placed that thought in your mind because he knew what the one thought would be that would help you reason talk about Isaiah I did a study of Isaiah back in 2013 those last three months I was here in Fort Davis and I love the prophet Isaiah I always have and you're right you know there are the messages can be harsh, but then there's always love and redemption warming yeah. throughout the entire thing. Because one of the things that God tells His people through the prophet Isaiah in chapter one, He says, "Come now, let us reason together." Uh, you know, though your sins be as scarlet, they could be as white as snow. In other words, you know, I'm I'm wanting to reason with you, and that, that just that offer of God reasoning with us has grace and redemption all over because he's God, he's sovereign, he doesn't have to reason with us, but that's where you know, yeah. and I think reason is something that we've lost in our culture, the ability to reason, to sit down together, right. we may not see things eye to eye at the time we come sit down together, we talk things out, we discuss, and we you know bounce ideas off of each other, we listen.
1: We respect one another. Exactly,
0: yeah, and then you know, and then God does what God does, you know, when god's spirit is is in something and it's then with the truth has been revealed to us uh, and there's an enemy fighting that but but when he when truth is revealed to, to us his spirit his holy spirit will draw us
1: that other uh, to the spirit cannot truth. exist when his spirit is present yeah.
0: yeah and you mentioned you know you curse god god's bigger at the handle of those type things A lot of times people, people, and you probably thought of it that that way, I don't know, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. You know, people think, well, I'm just, I've burned my bridges with God now because I, you know, I can't be forgiven for that. Oh yeah, you can, because God's...
1: Well, it was, uh, my first, uh, reaction, uh, rational thought was, you know, blaming God, how could you let this happen, you know, uh, and, uh, course i came to my senses and realized that it was danny's behavior and uh you know and and i have to say our behavior our group of friends uh you know uh i was more inclined to the alcohol but uh, several of them were inclined to the alcohol and/or right. and or drugs and danny in particular was into the drugs and what it, it was just shame but it was our behavior that 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 was the lesson there yeah <laughs> You know, and
0: it goes back to, you know, one of those questions is God sovereign or do we have free will? And those are one of those issues where, yes, you know, God is sovereign and we do have free will. I remember one particular time I was I wanted to be angry with God. I woke up on uh, Resurrection morning, Easter Sunday morning, and I told God that morning, I said, God, I, I want to be mad at you today, but I realize I don't have a leg to stand on. Because the things that I'm praying for involve another individual, and you never override. You never make any of us. He, he never makes any of his creation, his creatures, his you know people created in his image. He never makes us do anything. Uh, so, and that's that in itself is, is grace. And, uh, is there a connection? I told you, you strike me as someone. You strike, you strike me as someone who has a sense of wonder. Uh, is there a connection between wonder and redemption?
1: Hmm, that's a good one. I, I don't know how to answer that. Okay. Um, I don't know, my, uh, uh, my sense of wonder is more, unfortunately, based on my, uh, my uh, rational brain that has to always figure out how stuff works. Okay. okay. <laughs> And, uh, and then I'll eventually catch myself and realize uh, that uh, I'm, I'm too focused on, on me and my skills and my talents and my using, doing my thing as opposed to doing his thing or using that to do his thing. I don't know. That's why I started writing that paper so I could understand. I guess, I don't know, that's my, my way. It, you know, we all tend to do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what we're good at, or what we prefer doing, and as opposed to, I don't know, doing what I'm. I'm more task focused than people focused. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I just came up with that question off the cuff. Uh, You know, if there's a connection between maybe wonder and redemption, maybe it's that you know, in wonder you're wide open, and I think we have to be wide open to receive His redemption because He redeems. He's, oh, he's trying to redeem everything constantly, and he makes the attempt constantly, but if we're not open to that, for him to do that. Yeah, how many
1: times did he do that in the desert with, uh, with the people when they left?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, he gave us so many chances. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think of God in just recently because now we all carry these little gadgets around smartphones that have a GPS on it and if you ever <laughs> ignore a GPS, it'll you know keep trying to tell you to go yeah, back, yeah. go back, go back yeah, yeah. at some point, if it can reroute it's like it starts, starts you on a new route to get you where you're going and I think that's God, God. He's continually like, alright, you're ignoring me now, alright, let's take this and,
1: well, you know, well, I'll, we'll, I'll we'll spare you drink. I'll spare you the joke that uh, leads me to uh, the line how many times do i have to tell you because when i read the bible i think of that line um with god saying you know how many times do i have to tell you the same thing over and over we keep doing the same thing and uh and when we do our bible studies especially <laughs> it's just funny how often that that line comes into my mind and i just chuckle and and just like okay you know
0: you know, I pictured you know, the, the, the scene in one of the Gospels where uh, Jesus is frustrated with the disciples, and he says, "How long do I have to put up with this generation?" And I've heard that spoken in so many different ways. As you know, he's, he was angry with them, frustrated. But then I can picture it as Jesus just shaking his head and just kind of a head slap, and with a smile on his face. Yeah. Like, how, how long? You know, how long before you get it? So, uh, who who are Three of the most redemptive people you know.
1: Hey, hey, hey uh, <laughs> I, if you don't mind, I don't. I thought I heard you ask that question before, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how to answer that. Okay. Um, the problem is I struggle with the word redemption because uh, I, uh, I, I, I certainly, you know, Jesus Christ is our redeemer. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that and when I think of that um, you know how else can anyone come close and so I just don't attribute redemption to other people you know what I mean you, yeah. okay so <laughs> All good. but if I may and I, I mean this sincerely uh, when I think of uh, uh, people who bless others with their kindness, with their acts, with their uh, just giving, mm-hmm. and so on, and I, I'm not uh, giving you a platitude or anything. I, I mean sincerely. I think people like you, uh, who, or or uh, the uh, the man with the uh, Baptist Church in uh, uh, Birmingham, yeah,
0: Sixteenth Street, Sixteenth Street
1: Pastor there, and uh, others who are just so giving. Yeah and uh, live their lives. Uh, Pastor Greg in Fort Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know Greg? Uh, I, yeah, he Greg was. Greg Meads? Yeah. I, I, I mean, him. these people it's are, are there, exist for others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Debbie and I try to be kind and, and outward focused. I mean, my I, I, I've I always tried to be outward focused, but when I look at, at people mm-hmm. who live their lives like you do, uh, giving your time and and everything you've got for this mission this you know this effort that this lifelong effort that you live I mean I um, uh, people like me pale and so so if that's redemption, you know, you're living it. and
0: We're on the journey together. Yeah. Because yeah. he's the redeemer. And, 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 and
1: it, you know, my only part in that is this stupid Bible study that we, we fortunately pursue. And I'm hoping one day that, you know, my role in that will come about because I haven't found it yet. You know. Uh,
0: one of my favorite speakers. Dr. Jim Dennison. He used to come out to, I believe, uh, uh, Blois, and, uh, or maybe Pisano, one of the two encampments here. Anyway, he has a, <clears throat> I've heard him say this several times uh, the Holy Spirit has an affinity for the trained mind. That, you know, to grow is to learn, is to learn and to be ever increasing in knowledge of the Word, which you are, you know, in pursuit of that. Uh, that God honors that, and God blesses that. And you know, none of us, even if you were a theologian, from the moment you were born to the day you die, you're not going to know it yeah. all. I mean, each you know what we learn leads to even more questions because again, we're dealing with uh, God who is uh, all knowing, uh, but not everything can be. We know how He's revealed Himself to us, uh, and we know the main themes, the most important things that He has revealed to us. But, uh, <clears throat> again, we kind of already talked about, we can't put Him in a box, yeah. uh, and He won't be defined. And, and I think a lot of the trying to put God in a box is our ineptness at trying to control Him.
1: Being black and white, everything's got to be black and white because yeah. we're too busy to see the gray. Yeah, yeah.
0: <clears throat> It's been a pleasure catching up with you, uh, sharing this table. Thank you for coming down breakfast uh. You live in Fort Davis, and I'm here visiting my family in Marfa. And uh, you came down. I'm staying at this hotel. i uh, spent a lot of time here at this place. And so I have family members who work here. And so yeah. Thank you for taking the time to come down. Well, and, it's my pleasure,
1: Robert. And, uh, it's a blessing to get to see you again. Yeah,
0: likewise. You know how we sign off. Party of Redemption. Your table is now available. Would you sign us off?
1: Party of redemption. Your table is now available. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. (laughs) We'll see you all
0: next Monday morning right back here. All right. Thanks.